Hi everyone, welcome to the OA special focus £100 a meeting. Today is Wednesday the 4th of May 2022. We are absolutely delighted to have our speaker today, Amy B. Amy came into OA on the 1st of May 2008 and has been abstinent since the 2nd of May 2018, sorry, 18, both of those were 18. We are so grateful to have you here with us today, Amy, sharing your experience, strength and hope. So over to you. Thank you so much, Gail. Thank you, Rita, for asking me to speak. Um, thank you, everybody doing service for this meeting. My name is Amy B. I am a compulsive overeater living very gratefully in a recovered state today. And um, I'm very, very honored to speak to you today. Um, what it's like, what it what happened and what it's like now, right? That's the assignment. That's what that's what they told me I'm I'm here to talk about today. And if you are a newcomer to these rooms, you might hear some of your story in mine. And if you don't, I encourage you to look for the similarities and also to listen to other people's stories. Recovery, the 12-step the, the recovery, the big book. The big book is an instruction manual wrapped in a narrative. And I'm here today to, to tell you about how I work those steps just wrapped in my own narrative. So. Um, I hope that I say something that helps somebody today. Um, <clears throat> just want to take a moment because I'm overwhelmed with um, gratitude and responsibility to carry a message of depth and weight. <sighs> okay, as Gail said, May 1st, 2018, I came into the rooms I love the fact that May 1st is a holiday called May Day, and a May Day is a cry for help. I feel like that's very fitting because that's what I was doing when I came in. Um, that was four years and three days ago. And um, preceding that, I'm going to qualify. I'm just going to share. Let me see if I can get these. Um, place slideshow. All right. Let's see if I can. Oops. Hang on. Sorry about that. We'll get there. I'm gonna share my screen. And now play slideshow. Okay, hopefully you folks can see that. These are a whole bunch of pictures of what I looked like before. Um, I come from large numbers. I was over 300 pounds. And these photos are at different times in my life. I do not have very many photos from my largest size because I avoid camera avoided cameras or I destroyed the evidence or I stood in the back or I was the one taking the photo so I didn't have to be in it. I scrounged these up but they come from different points in my life because um, I I wanted I was I was miserable and I wanted more than anything to live in a healthy body weight. And I applied my will as much as I could over and over and over again. And for a time, it would work. It would. I, I, I would um, overexercise or restrict or um, whatever it was. And I have, a, I have a lot of photos from this time. I do. Um, the photo where I'm running at the, on the right side 
Um, I don't know if you can see that, but um, there's also like a shirt tied around my leg because I was in incredible pain. And I just pushed because I, I, I didn't have a solution. All I knew was pain. So I knew it in both directions. Um, this was, I loved sharing this on social media. These photos are seven years apart, passport photos. Um, I'm, I'm seven years older than the one on the right, you know, over a hundred pound difference in between the two of them. Look at me, look what I can do. Look what I managed to do. And of course, this obligatory bathroom selfie at like my lowest weight, thinking that I had it. And I will tell you, I kept it off for a significant amount of time. Um, I thought I had it. I really did. But what I had was a physical program. I had, I had physical work and it was my higher power and the weight on the scale was my higher power and this polka dot dress was my higher power. And that is not something by which I could live. So here is May 1st was my first day in the rooms 2018. Here's the first day of my abstinence. I, I don't know how I knew to take a photo, but I did. So I went from here to here because of course I did not have it because a meal plan and an exercise plan as a higher power and a polka dot dress selfie as a higher power um, was not enough to take care of me. Um, and this is, this, is, this is the 25 years of my life before I came into the rooms of OA. I actually, I, I just, I wanna make it a little smaller so you can see the whole thing. Like this is, this is over a hundred pound swings my entire adult life. This is a powerless and unmanageable life. And I came into the rooms of OA I was sitting in a therapist's office explaining how my life was falling apart. Look at the end of that graph. I was fighting so hard and everything was falling apart. And at the uh, end of that conversation, she told me I needed OA. Um, I'll come back to this. I don't wanna share the what it's like now stuff right now. I, I wanna talk about what happened. I was in a therapist's office and she said to me, uh, I was describing, my life was falling apart. I was not, uh, but I'm sitting in her, in her office over 300 pounds again. And at the end of the session, the very, very end, as an aside, I said to her, oh, and by the way, I've gained and lost over a hundred pounds, like more, many times. And I can't believe I have to do it again. I cannot believe I have to do it again. She looked at me and she said, oh, you need OA. Um, I don't, I, 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 I've never heard better advice in my entire life. If you have a life that, that looks like my photos or you identify with that up and down or that fighting it's so hard or that making a meal plan or an exercise plan, your higher power only to have that fail you. Um, maybe those words are true to you too. She said to me, you need OA. And what I said to her was, look, I will try anything at this point. I am desperate, but I am going to have a problem with the God thing. She said, okay, whatever, go ahead. And this is the point at which I like to say, spoiler alert, she did not in fact end up having a problem with the God thing. Um, 
So when I came in, when I first came in, I really was incredibly touched and moved by the stories that I heard. And I will tell you my first meeting on May 1st, I did not hear a story that resonated with mine. I wasn't comfortable in the room. It was in a very specifically religious space with a lot of religious um, iconography around. And it, for whatever my fixed ideas, I'm not saying that they were right, but they were my ideas when I came into the rooms, it made me uncomfortable. Um, and I just didn't feel, I knew that I, I knew that I needed help, but I didn't feel comfortable. And um, this is pre-Panny and we were in person and I uh, didn't want to be rude um, because of course it's all about what people are going to think about me, these people that I had planned to never see again. So um, I don't want to be rude. So I sort of stayed near the back. And then when the meeting was over, I sort of just tried to leave. And somebody said, you're a newcomer. We have a newcomer pamphlet. Hang on a second, we'll find it. Oh my God, the discomfort. And I try, I'm edging like along the edge of the room, trying to get out while they're looking for a newcomer pamphlet. And this woman very gently and lovingly touched my arm and said, hey, why don't you take my number and I'll take yours. And if you have any questions, you can ask me. And once again, I would have done anything to get out of that room. So I said, sure. And I gave her my number and I took hers and they, and I said, you know what? I gotta go. And I turned and I walked out and I got in my car and I started crying because I knew I needed help and I didn't hear it. And I drove home and I ate fool it, like not even good, not abstinent food, like frozen stuff that my teenage kids ate. Like it wasn't even good. And it's odd, really odd. Well, is it odd or is it God? But there was something about as I popped that in the microwave, there was this little voice that was like, how hilarious that this is going to be the farewell tour. I don't know, magic, I guess. That's, that's how I feel about that. Um, anyway, I woke up the next morning and I was, and I was never going to go back. I was never going to go back. Oh, it wasn't for me. I didn't feel comfortable. It was too religious. It was too, it just, it wasn't for me. And I woke up the next morning and all I could think about was the kindness of the woman who touched my arm. And I picked up my phone with my very first thought of that morning. And I texted her, thank you for being so kind to me. And she wrote back, you know, not every meeting is for every person. I encourage you to go and seek other spaces and hear other stories. And she sent me, um, a, uh, a, an address of a meeting that was happening that night that was a, a considerable drive from my home at the time. And I was busy that night and I said, I'm not, thank you, but whatever. I could not stop thinking about it all day. And by the way, I, I ate in a healthy manner that day. I, do, I hadn't, I don't know why, I just did. 
couldn't stop thinking about that meeting. I called the people that I was meeting that I was supposed to go to. Uh, my children were graduating from college at the time. I was on a planning committee for a party. We were giving a, but da, 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 da. I had to be somewhere, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I called somebody else at the, on that club, parent club thing. And I said, if I wasn't able to be there tonight, could you just read out this report? And she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And I don't feel like I had decided to go, but I found myself in my car driving the 35 minutes. And I get there and the building that it was in, this was May 2nd, 2018, the building that it was in. Oh, and I took that photo that morning by the way, when I called that woman and said, thank you for being so kind to me. Again, I don't, I did not recognize the still small voice for what it was, but it was always there. Um, and uh, I drove to the building and there was a holiday carnival, a kid's carnival with a whole bunch of bouncy castles in the parking lot. So the parking lot was closed and I, 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 like, I was like, oh, I guess I can't go to the meeting. And I go to turn around and I am telling you, the still small voice turned the volume up in that moment because what I heard was, oh no, you made this decision. You park on the street and you go inside. Just like that. And it was shocking, but there was no, I was like, oh, I guess I made the decision for part of the car going inside and I did and I walked inside and there was the woman at the front who was telling her story and I heard mine and I just started weeping in the back of the room and it was in person so in those days the speaker was standing well in that meeting anyway the speaker was at the front of the table and there whoever was leading the meeting was sitting next to them and I am telling you I saw the leader just like ever so slightly, like she saw me crying in the back of the room. Cause of course I'm in the back of the room. Saw me crying in the back of the room. And I saw her like ever so gently, like just nudge, nudge the speaker. And like, like just gesture towards me. She was like, you got one, you got one. Somebody's desperate, somebody needs help. And they're hearing something in your message. It says right at the beginning of the doctor's opinion, the very first thing was that he acquired some ideas about a possible means of recovery and immediately started telling other alcoholics about it. This carrying of this message, this, this piece that we hear in the prefaces of the big book and in tradition one, that OA must survive or else most of us will surely die. Every single person who reaches out a hand, um, thank you, sincerely. And to every single person um, who allows me, my favorite line in the doctor's opinion, favorite, favorite, favorite line in the doctor's opinion is here, I wanna read it exactly, exactly. Bottom of SEC VII. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. That's why this is my favorite, my favorite sentence. 
right away, he's requesting the privilege of being allowed to tell his story. He, he's trying to carry a message. He's connected to purpose, which um, I feel is what saved my life. Um, and not just my physical life, but everything else. And so he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell my story. It is a privilege for me to be here to tell my story. It is a privilege to be able to testify that this program of recovery in this book works. Um, and then the second half of the sentence, and with some misgiving, we consented. I have written in the margin, it's cool, have misgivings. It's okay. This is, this is all a lot. Consent anyway. If you, if you believe, if you hear, like I heard my story and that woman's story, if that has happened to you, then, then maybe this could work too. Step two says, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And as I heard that woman in the front of that room telling her story and I heard my own and I saw, she was celebrating six years of abstinence and recovery that day. So it was, it was the message of depth and weight. She had struggled it with, her, with it her whole life. It was a message of depth and weight and I connected to it. I connected to her narrative and I heard her talking about the solution and I cried and I said I needed help. And um, I let my, I will tell you, I let my misgivings, I let my misgivings uh, uh, talk loudly. And thankfully, um, I didn't know this at the time, but I, step one, I took step one so fully and completely. I knew, I knew I was powerless. I knew you saw that graph. I had tried everything. Couldn't tell me I was lazy. Couldn't tell me I wasn't willing to give up things or work hard or anything. I, I, I couldn't, I was powerless and I was not qualified to manage my life because that was the evidence. I knew it. I didn't need to question why. I just needed to accept it. And I did completely. So I was able to say, I can't, I cannot trigger my physical allergy. Doctor's opinion tells me I have a physical allergy. I can't, I can't trigger my physical allergy. I'm gone. You saw that graph. I'm gone. I have no chance, entire abstinence. The only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. That's what it says. And whether or not I have misgivings about that, that idea of relief, when I was in pain and came into the rooms, life beyond my wildest dreams, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in so much pain, just give me some relief. And the only relief we have to suggest is entire abstinence. And I got it. I did. I got that that first, that first day. I, if I pick up my, thank you very much. If I pick up, if I trigger my allergy, I, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm going to kill myself by inches, maybe, but it doesn't matter. Little bit um, about my narrative again. So how I know that this is permanent, progressive and fatal. Um, I'm not going to take my father's inventory. He's not in the rooms, but he is the type two diabetic. 
He has had, he, I watched him gain and lose over a hundred pounds multiple times my whole life. I learned how to eat in secret. I learned how to hide evidence. I learned that he was safe to be like, hey, there's something in the fridge we like. And my mother wasn't. I learned all of that growing up. Um, and, and together with him, not, no, no blame, just the way it was, just part of my story. And um, he has had both of his legs amputated. He's had a kidney transplant. He's had heart attacks. He's had strokes. He's missing several fingers. His eyesight is gone. Before I came into the rooms early in my story, they were cutting off his first leg. And my I was over 300 pounds and my toes had just started to tingle. That's diabetic neuropathy. That's permanent progressive and fatal. It's an outside issue, the physicalness, but I will tell you that I recognized that that was, it was right there in front of me. It was right there in front of me, but in Bill's story, good advice that I failed to heed. I lost half my body weight after those toes started tingling. I was terrified. And I wasn't in the rooms and I didn't have a spiritual solution and a meal plan and, and fear. Fear was my higher power and it's not, it won't do it. It says it. And um, while it sobered me for a time, I gained the weight back. So um, I just wanted to say that. Um, I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm feeling um, very I'm just I'm I'm just feeling very grateful because I because I remember. I remember how hard, I remember how hopeless, I remember how scared and gaining it all back and sitting in that therapist's office and like, and my life was falling apart. So where was I going to find the strength to lose it all again? And this, by the way, this is another reason why we carry the message because I can't afford to forget. Okay. So um, I came into the rooms and I got the, the addict piece. I got the physical allergy and I put the food down. Um, but I did not want, I, I didn't like the big book. Oh, okay. So May 2nd, May 1st, I came in, didn't hear my story. May 2nd, came in, heard my story, put the food down first day of my current abstinence, four years, two days ago. Four years ago today, May 4th. I didn't have a big book yet, but I was working with a sponsor. And so I had ordered one and she sent me a photograph of that day's for today daily reader. And I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. I am a good student and I was going to get a gold star in recovery. So I copied that for today into my notebook word for word. And I started diagramming it like an English Simon, I have it have it and I'm writing stuff in the margins and I was uncomfortable with the God thing so I wrote the universe instead okay that's fine page 12 tells me it's perfectly fine to consider my own conception of God so I put the word the universe in here and I'm wrestling with it and then I'm reading some piece of here where it says it you know in this story it, and if you want to look up the May 4th for today you can read it but it, it took her two years telling somebody's story it took her two years of binging and weight gain to take the opportunity held out to her and I had been 
in a free fall for two years. And so again, like I saw a personal connection, but then I saw the word opportunity and I wrote opportunity with a capital O. And it was talking about trust later on. Oh, oh the universe is timetable. So I wrote time with a capital T. And then I figured, okay, so like I, I, the force of the universe. And I wrote the force with a capital F. I wrote the universe with a capital U. I wrote trust, with healing with a capital H, all of those things. And I thought about it and I went for a walk with some music, with some headphones on to sort of just think about what I was willing to believe. Like what, what wasn't a bridge too far? What didn't make me uncomfortable? And I'm going out for a walk with those thoughts in my head. And um, what I have found, by the way, and jumping way ahead to like how I have a, you know, have my, improve my conscious contact with my, my God, as I understand God, I have found that walking outside, there's something about the rhythm of my feet and the enormity of the sky that helps me pray and meditate as I see it. And this was the way that I found that out accidentally. I'm going for a walk outside. I happen to have some music on. And I heard in this song, a conversation between myself and what I believed a loving higher power would say. Now the song is not a conversation. The lyrics aren't a conversation. It's not a duet, none of that, but I heard it. And the conversation I heard was me saying like, this is too hard and it hurts too much and I can't do it. And the voice said, I know, I love you. You don't have to do it alone. I'm here. And that, I, okay, so the emotion starts rising and I start feeling, I, I started to cry. And it was all a lot. So I, I, and again, like emotions, too much. So I started to breathe. I did this thing that I would do that I would breathe that would like make me stop crying. That, you know, that I, I learned these tricks to suppress my feelings instead of looking at them and seeing how they were hurting me, which the 12 steps helped me learn how to do. But I didn't have that at the time. What I had was a deep breath that made me stop crying for a minute. And I took the breath and I went to push the tears down and same as the voice, with the volume up that told me that I should park on the street, said, no, let it come. And I just started to weep, like weep. And um, look, not, the white light moment that you know some people have, and that is not, is that five minutes? Thank you. I, that is is not the spiritual ex, uh, experience, and I and I urge you to look at Appendix Two and and talk about that as well. Some of us have that, some of us don't. I don't. Maybe it was the music, maybe it was the moment. I don't know. But I saw the light on the leaves, and I I it was it was. I don't know how to describe it, but um, if I ever would have believed that what it would feel like to stand in the presence of a loving higher power, that that's what I imagined that would look like. Um, and I went back to my house as quickly as I could. I was over 300 pounds, so I couldn't run, but I got there as quickly as I could. And I picked up this notebook again and I started to, to write all of these things about I mean, 
no food, whether it's the triggerous trigger food or the healthiest, most balanced meal fills the hole. Finding my best plan and eating and moving will 100% take the weight off. Eating that way should be all it takes to get there and stay there physically, but that's only physically. So just engaging in my best plan of eating is not enough to get me out of relapse. And exactly the same way, no degree of emotional growth is bulletproof. No matter how much I evolved, no matter how happy I become, it wasn't enough. I am an addict. I am incapable of curing that. It just is. It's the spiritual piece that is going to be my work. And then I went back to go and date the page. And my friends, it was May 4th. It's May 4th today. Any other Gen X babies here? Any other Star Wars fans? May 4th. May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th May the force be with you. I had just written the force of the universe, okay? Magic is everywhere. We only have to look. Seeking guidance. And with my last minutes, I'm gonna go to the doctor's, uh, not the doctor's opinion, uh, in We Agnostics on page 45 is the thesis statement of the big book, which is, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. To give me the tools to seek divine guidance, to recognize that magic is everywhere, I just need to look. This book teaches me to seek something outside of myself, a power greater than myself. My selfishness, my self-esteem, my self-seeking, my, my self-flagellation, my self-pity. That if I just seek that, if I aim for that true north of divine ideals, divine guidance, however you see God, I like G-O-D, guidance on direction. I like thinking of defects as defecting. I am defecting from my divine ideals. I'm lost and I need guidance on direction. I need God. I'm going to close with, with I, I missed a whole bunch of what it's like now. It's amazing. Um, life is not perfect. Life is difficult sometimes things happen. This is a design for living that works in rough going. It's not a design for living that eliminates rough going. I still have rough going. My life beyond my wildest dreams is that when things are not okay, I can still be okay. And I do not pick up no matter what. I cannot trigger the physical allergy. I will die. I practice these principles the best that I can, one day at a time. We are not saints. You know, I, these are guides to progress and I, and I do my best, which is a moving target. Um, I wanna share, this is what it's like now. This was my 50th birthday trip. This is me not worried about getting on a rope thousands of feet above the mountains. This is me 100%. They said, we're taking your photo. And I raised my arm in joy. Life is still life. I am always going to be a compulsive overeater. I, um, I will tell you that um, 
my my food neutrality is is pretty strong after four years, but I I'm a human being and I'm an addict. So I sometimes have a desire, but the doctor's opinion tells me that I can I can easily control that desire if I follow a few simple rules. I have been all over the book. I love talking about the book. I love talking about this program. That's my time. I am so grateful to have been here today. Reach out your hand, carry the message. Um, there is a home here for anyone who identifies as a compulsive overeating and wants to stop. Welcome to OA, welcome home. Thank you so much for letting me do service today. I pass. Wow, Amy. Wow, wow. There's a virtual round of applause just going round the room.